Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rihanna, and welcome or welcome back to Fresh Off the Brook. Fresh Off the Brook is about personal experiences growing up Asian American in a predominantly white community, Asian media, and Asian pop culture in general. Race has always been a sensitive topic. Every day, there's a base over race. With our podcast, we intend to shed light on the experiences of first-generation Asian immigrants, not put them on a pedestal. We understand that race isn't everything, but there should be an acknowledgement of people of color, the knowledge gap, and the racial divide that will ideally be broken. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the episode. Today, we're going to be discussing first times. Now, do you want to elaborate a little bit more by what we mean by first times? So, first times, I guess, is just pretty self-explanatory, but not in the way that you're thinking. More like the first time that we've experienced racism, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of first times and start, it's 2021. Finally. <laughs> the new year is here. And uh, we wish you a happy new year. Yeah. Well, I guess like a happy Western New Year. Since yeah. It's not New Year's yet for certain cultures. <laughs> Very true. Hopefully, um, this year will be a lot better than last year. Yeah. Have you, I saw this, uh, I don't know if it was a drawing or if it was like an edit, but someone had 2020 and then over the zero, there was like, there was a vertical band-aid. So it was like one. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, though, if you uh, think about what happened or just, like, the rate at which everything happened. Mm-hmm. Because it was, um, it, every week there was something new that wasn't, like, new in a good way <laughs> happening. Yeah. Things kept escalating. It just didn't stop. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't exactly stopped now, but... We're working on it, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I swear, people are acting like COVID is going to go away as soon as the clock strikes 12. That's true. Which, it's not. That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it's more people are... It's supposed to symbolize a new beginning, you know? Not mm-hmm. that it's all going to go away. <laughs> yeah, not the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we move on. During uh, the winter break, I saw a lot of people going on trips or vacation, which, I mean... Where? It's not like it's not like planes aren't allowed to fly. Unfortunately. But can you be a little bit more considerate? Yeah. yeah. It's very annoying. Yeah, it's, it's part of Western culture and the personal freedom because people think, oh, well, I want a vacation and they didn't exactly ban me from doing so. So I'm going to go fly around, only wear a mask when someone's watching and then break all rules whenever, when uh, no one's looking. Yeah. That's um one of the biggest problems in North America is like, well, the government can't control me because I have my own free will. People are very selfish here, basically. <laughs> the amount of protests about it's, wearing masks. 
stupid, man. Yeah. Like, especially at work, technically, like, you would think that if someone isn't wearing a mask, we are obli- like we have the choice whether or not we want to help them or not, right? But no, mm-hmm. we can't do anything. If they don't wear a mask, we can't say anything. Oh, I thought it was I thought mask wearing was similar to no shoes, no shirt, no service kind of policy. See, it is, but like if we say, um, excuse me, sir or ma'am or whatever, um, do you have a mask? And they say, No, I have a medical condition, you can't say anything else. Like, you can just be like, okay, that's, like, they could say anything, and we would be, we'd have to be like, okay, whatever. That sucks. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, from what I've heard, there's no, like, medical condition where you're, like, you, a mask would be detrimental to your breathing. Also, we've been like this for a year, so if you don't have a mask, you're just dumb. Well, actually, I think I think there are certain conditions that uh, stop people from wearing a mask, but a lot of a lot of the people that are saying that they can't wear a mask are probably the they, ones like lying about it. Yeah, yeah. Because usually, if someone has a condition where they can't wear a mask, they would probably feel like they would probably feel a little awkward about it. Yeah, they they, they wouldn't be like a Karen. It's like I can't wear a mask because yeah, exactly. I mean, also, people with, I feel like people who do have medical conditions like that are the ones who go out of their way to get, like, a proper, like, a mask that fits their needs, but also covers their mouth and nose. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've seen so many things on, like, social media of people being like, so I have this medical condition, and even though technically, like, I can't, like, it's, I can still wear a mask, it's still uncomfortable, so... Watch me make a mask that is functional, but also, like, works for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And then there's people who just c- come in the store and get mad when you ask if they have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This, it's weird how mask wearing has become so political. Yeah. And also, like, I my workplace is, um... J- let's just say that it's not the best in terms of, like... Okay, let's just say part two. <laughs> um, the people who are like the manage the management isn't very they're very lenient on mask wearing also because they don't like it either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So okay. let's just say I go to a bad place of work. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're not name dropping. <laughs> I'm not because the people there are nice, but you know sometimes. Behind the scenes, I see some stuff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you still gotta make your coin. Yeah, someone gotta make some money somehow, so. <laughs> well, speaking of opposition and stuff like that, do you want to get into our first topic? Sure. So, our first topic is... The first time that we've experienced any sort of racism. Um, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. So I've mentioned this several times on podcasts. I'm going to try to make this uh, less redundant. So, you know, as you know, I grew up in a very white neighborhood. Most of the schools I went to were 
and are still very white. And so I would say my first time experiencing racism started like right started right in kindergarten with my kindergarten teacher. And gosh. She was our she was already you know, looking back, you could probably tell that she was racist, if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. it's one of one of those older white ladies, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and right from the beginning, she was very host- hostile to me and not very nice, like, at all. Which, um, you're a kindergarten teacher, I thought... You know, kindergarten teachers would both be patient yeah. and kind and like children. Well, maybe she didn't like children, but not my kind of children. <laughs> anyway, so it's uh, since growing up, I did not speak English as my first language. I spoke Cantonese at home. When I got to kindergarten, that was my first time speaking English for prolonged amounts of time Mm -hmm. and also speaking English in general because usually when I was at home before kindergarten my exposure to English was television and so sometimes when she would tell us things you know tell us to go to a certain station in the classroom or just to go do something maybe I would be a little more slow or I would respond quicker than she wanted me to. I remember there was this one time uh, we were supposed to do this, maybe in attendance order or just in like a list order, stay where we wanted to go for, I think it was free time or something. And I answered early because I didn't understand the instructions and she got really mad at me, <laughs> which, okay, granted, yes, I inter- I interrupted the order and two, from her perspective, it was probably rude, but she definitely knew and also should have known why, because it wasn't a situation where she didn't know that English wasn't, wasn't my first language, and she didn't know that I had these struggles. She just chose to attack me for it all the time, and I don't know when you have like a when you have a middle-aged woman attacking a four-year-old, it, it doesn't look very good, you know. Yeah. And I personally think it's pretty low <laughs> for someone to be like that. I mean, why are you picking a fight with a four-year-old? And so she would constantly put me in timeouts. I remember one time when we were cleaning up after free time, I didn't realize that it was over, and so I was still. Uh, using like a hole punch or something and she got really mad at me and put me in timeout for I don't know how long because kids process time differently but it was a while that's so (laughs) mean she would also single me out so I mean I putting someone in timeout obviously puts them at the center of attention or at least will draw attention but I was in timeout and then she was having a doing a lesson or whatever you would call a lesson in kindergarten and it was like oh tiffany's in tiffany's in timeout because she was she wasn't listening don't be like tiffany anyway let's get on with our lesson i was like okay that's cool that did great things to me as a child and then the biggest defining racist moment would be during our parent teacher interviews i (laughs) there's actually a funny part about this but 
we had a teacher assistant who the, her last name was Japanese, but she she could speak Chinese. I don't remember much slash know much about her background. She could have been half Chinese, half Japanese. Maybe she was Chinese and then married a Japanese person or is Japanese, grew up in China. I don't know. But she served as a translator during our parent-teacher interviews because I was too young to be the translator. Fast forward two years, I ended up being the translator. Not important. But she literally had that teacher assistant say to my parents that they should stop speaking Cantonese to me. Oh, my God. Because I it distracted or affected my English learning. But here's the thing. If you can't even tell my parents that directly in English, <laughs> how do you expect? <laughs> it was already very frustrating when I was a child, but looking back, it just feels so dumb, <laughs> for lack of better word. Well, yes. You, an English speak. She only knew one language, by the way. <laughs> Telling our teacher assistant that could had to translate English to Cantonese to my parents who only knew Cantonese to stop speaking the only language they knew how to speak to communicate with to me. Wait, communicate with... Hang on. <laughs> what is this? I'm having right, a prayer right. moment. Anyway, the only language that they were using to communicate with me at the moment slash the only one that they could, at least with me, to stop using it. Yeah. And use the language they just don't know. Big brain moment on her behalf. What were you thinking? <laughs> That's just... Just the fact that there needed to be a translator there is just... Nice. Nice. Really gets the point across. Yeah, and the thing is, if that teacher assistant wasn't there... They definitely wouldn't have gotten a translator, and it would have been my parents and I, and I would be sitting there, and then that teacher would be saying saying whatever complaints about me to my parents. My parents wouldn't understand, and it would be that type of uh, frustration. You know when white people or... Uh, just generally English speakers, they're in a foreign country or they're speaking to someone that doesn't know English and they speak louder or slower because <laughs> they yeah. think that's going to make a difference. The worst I way. want the water. Yeah, yeah. Because you're saying it louder or slower doesn't... <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to help. Yeah. Gosh. It's because I think... I've never thought of this, but it's probably, like, because I don't know. I don't do that. Or people in um, people in the Philippines, well, that I know, don't do that, like, in Tagalog to me when I don't understand. I think it's just mostly because, like, English people really just assume that English is, you know, recognizable by the whole world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just goes with the whole... Uh, English is the superior language. Yeah. Mentality that's so subtly engraved into anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. I know I know we've mentioned this a lot, but I genuinely despise the fact that English is supposed to be 
the number one international language, the six, the language of the successful. Yeah, stupid. Screw you. <laughs> Pick the worst sounding language and you're good to go, you know? And also, the U.S., there have been multiple studies on this. The U.S., they're the most mono, uh, oh shoot, what is it called? monolingual country yep because everyone i mean yeah canada canada speaks english i mean i know they say it's a bilingual country but really people learn english in middle school and high school i'm not english french in middle school and high school and they never have to use it again unless they're going into a french speaking job or they work in quebec because quebec is very disconnected from the rest of canada but also like when you go to Quebec or like Montreal and you try to speak because you know when you're in French class and the teachers are like oh now whenever you visit you'll be able to communicate with them mm-hmm. as soon as you speak a little bit of French and you don't sound like French is your native language they just switch to English automatically yeah and they and it, this is from my experience I obviously not all Quebecois <laughs> are rude but from my experience, I've never encountered a non-elitist Quebecois person. Emphasis on the Quebecois. Yeah. Because <laughs> they only like to be referred to as that. And if we have any Quebecois listeners, thank you for your support. No hate to you. Yeah, no I've hate. clearly have not had the best experiences with them and that is not representative of everyone in the province it's just certain certain experiences well that's my first racist experience in school or in uh, as a child what about you um to be honest i don't have like a specific moment that i vividly remember as a kid Mm -hmm. I just mostly okay also I've also said this a million times but I grew up (laughs) in a pretty immigrant filled neighborhood Mm -hmm. just because it's like okay not to not to stereotype and oh my god my dad really just started vacuuming (laughs) (laughs) he did yeah can you hear it hopefully not (laughs) but um (laughs) my god he really just did that okay Not to generalize, but, you know, like, immigrant neighborhoods are generally more lower class in where we live. Okay. And I live in a pretty, like, lower class neighborhood. Oh, funny story. Oh, my God, I'm getting distracted. Um, but, yeah, I lived in a, I live in a lower-ish class neighborhood, so it's filled with a lot of immigrant kids. And Mm -hmm. for my first couple years in school... I was surrounded by a lot of Filipino kids. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I did experience was like Asian on Asian racism. Uh-huh. Kids would be like, you don't look Filipino, you look Chinese. And I'd be like, okay, but I am Filipino, you know? So if yeah. anything, I just, or I would get like made fun of for being um, East Asian, which I'm not. I'd get make made fun of, for being East Asian by South Asian kids. <laughs> because in my next couple years in school, 
uh, South Asian kids were the majority. Mm-hmm. You know, Asian and Asian racism isn't something that a lot of people talk about, but it's a very real thing. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's really annoying because it's, like, we're really going to pick fights when we're in the same boat right now. Like, Yeah, that's that's the thing. I, I've never understood when people try to have a whole pain hierarchy or mm. comparing my struggles to your struggles. I mean... Obviously, if you wanted to do the math, you could say that um, so-and-so had a harder life than so-and-so, but that's not the point, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you, if you and I did a whole comparison, it's really complicated because you and I grew up in very different neighborhoods. Exactly. Your you faced racism. It was a different type of racism versus my racism. You know. Yeah. They're both valid. Well, not racism, but our experiences are valid. Yeah. Racists are not valid. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. Oh my god. But yeah, that's that's my story. I don't really have a specific time that I remember being, you know, someone being racist to me. It was more that, like, small little things would happen at school or, like, little comments or just being mocked Mm -hmm. for being Asian. And I'm like, I'm just sitting here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, sorry? No, that's it. I have a small tangent uh, in regards to racism at school. Uh, In terms of student-on-student racism, Mm -hmm. I remember in elementary school, I was talking to this this guy in Cantonese. He knew Cantonese, by the way. I wasn't just speaking to him in Cantonese. (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) Like, hi. And this girl, she was a year younger than us. She was, like, the little sibling of a girl my grade. She came up to us and started being very offended and angry saying that we should stop and you know we were confused and she's like stop stop speaking in your language why are you speaking in your language that's not that's not allowed (laughs) and we responded what do you what do you mean what do you mean it's not allowed it's not a rule (laughs) and she and she shouted or I don't know about how we're at school we're in Canada you know your typical I wouldn't say Karen, but, you know, your, your typical, very basic racist encounter. That was probably the most prominent or, well, I guess most prominent in terms of uh, at an early age, student on student racism moment I had. Because she was very, I mean, I know she was only one year younger, but, you know, it's it speaks to the way, you know, like parents raise their children. Because... Mm-hmm. Obviously, not everything you learn is from your parents. It's also from your environment as well. But where where is this hatred coming from? <laughs> That's because, true. you know, it, I don't know. It, it makes me sad sometimes when I see very prejudiced kids because I know that it's not necessarily their fault or their, do, or their doing. Mm. Which is a whole other thing that I don't have the credentials to speak on. 
because we're not about to do like <laughs> psychoanalyzing or armchair psychology but yeah that was my little tangent yeah it's like it's sad when you see little kids like that because it's like you are a blank slate you didn't come up with these ideas i just remembered something what remember the kid on uh the react channel the homophobic one oh yeah and then he is like yeah 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 he he was saying well you know he didn't know any better he also didn't understand but he was saying how he didn't like gay people and they asked why and he said he didn't know and then later when uh was it james charles yeah it was yeah he was he was he was like a huge fan of James Charles and he's really into K-pop. Not that K-pop is equivalent to um, a certain sexuality, but he he was uh you know a lot a lot more open-minded. Yeah. He was like, didn't they give him like a makeup palette from James Charles? Isn't that what they did? Yeah, I think like, so. Excited. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It really just goes to show like. Kids don't know what they're saying. They're just regurgitating what they hear. Yeah, kids kids don't know racism or transphobia. Which is, like, a beautiful but also sad thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have another first time you want to share? In regards to racism? No, uh, just like a first time. Oh. Um, oh god, do I want to say this story? Um, I guess, okay, this is, okay, I guess this is mostly just a, it's a (laughs) two-in-one. Okay. (laughs) This is the first time, um, okay, no, it's not the first time that my parents said this to me, or my, one of my parents said this to me. But it's one of the times, one of the very few times. And also the first time I cried in front of my friends. <laughs> but also, actually a three-on-one, because it's, like, the, the another, like, the first time I realized how, like, stark the difference is between, like, my mindset and my friend's mindset, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, okay, just to, very quickly, I'm going to explain the background. So I have birds, as you might have heard in these episodes. (laughs) Um, And let's just say one of my birds got um, injured and at night, at nighttime. So basically the whole night I was crying over my bird because I cry very easily. And also my birds are very dear to even though I hate when they make noise. But um, yeah, so my bird got injured. I was helping her like get comfortable and just basically being with her for the whole night and I had school the next day so it was something with her foot so by the next morning her foot was um kind of back to normal and so like while she was in her little cage because we had to isolate her by herself in a smaller cage I was checking like her foot the next morning and my dad was like oh her foot looks so much better now I'm proud of you right so obviously I was like (laughs) the p word you know (laughs) he said it um the forbidden p word yeah but um so i had to go to school and i was already like i was so just mentally unstable because anytime something happens to my birds my immediate reaction is to cry because 
I've just, they've just been with me since I was a child. So like, and I'm very bad with change anyways. So I go to school and I was fine. Mm-hmm. But then I like, I told my friends the story, right? Mm-hmm. Of how stressed I was about my bird. Mm-hmm. But then, so <laughs> I was sitting in the hallway during lunch with my friends and I was telling them, like, I was like, I'm probably going to cry because, you know, when you just aren't having it and you just need to cry to let it all out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I was telling them the story and then I saw, so I thought I was going to cry when I was talking about my bird and how she got hurt. But then... Mm-hmm. I started crying when I said that my dad said he was proud of me, right? <laughs> and, like, I was, like, my I, it was so dramatic. Like, my voice cracked on the proud word. Oh, and, no. I, and, like, I started crying, and I had to, like, pause. Just because it's something that I don't hear often, right? Yeah. And um, and my friends, like, they, you know when, like, some, you're in a group of three, and then you and your other friend are, like, oh, my God, the the third friend is, like, crazy and you share that look of like what is going on mm-hmm. yeah I saw them give each other that look <laughs> it was so bad it was so awkward and that was the first time they saw me cry so one they had no idea what to do <laughs> and two they were like this girl really is crying over someone saying that they're proud of her and like I think afterwards my one of my friends was like Rihanna I'm gonna just say that I'm proud of you all the time and I'm like one do you want me to cry every time and like two why are you laughing (laughs) wait they were laughing well like they were they were like oh we're gonna say we're proud of you all the time now like as a joke and I'm like you really think that it's funny to me if I'm crying over this (laughs) like yeah it is funny but at the same time it's um kind of weird to kind of a weird thing to make fun of someone for you know (laughs) yeah I guess I guess they were in their own way trying to lighten the mood yeah it just (laughs) sorry it just goes to show like how different mindsets work you know I remember when you told me this story it was funny because I got uh the two-in-one yeah which was you talking about your dad and then you telling me about you telling them the story. Yeah. <laughs> like a whole package. Yeah. Tiffany got the whole update in real time. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, after that happened, I was like, Tiffany, I'm never talking to anyone else ever again except for you. <laughs> and then we made a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we just laugh about it. Yeah. Basically. I feel like it's different when we laugh about it, though, because I know what you mean when you're laughing. Yeah, it fully is different. Mm-hmm. I have a experience about crying over a pet, but it's not about uh, the pet being sick or about my dad saying he was proud of me. But actually... <laughs> I'll, I'll give a very brief brief tangent because it's slightly unrelated but slightly related in middle school I, I had a betta fish and my dad when he was I want to say when he was growing up because I don't think it was that early on but he said that he used to also raise fish back in China when you know 
chilling in the village. <laughs> chilling in the village. Yeah, you know, rural China. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the way I'm being Gen Z right now. I apologize. I will turn it off right now. So he used to raise fish. And for some reason, when I had this beta fish, he would be very controlling. And he wouldn't let me change the water. He wouldn't really let me do much with the fish, except for have it in my room. And there was this one thing he was really adamant about that wasn't related to the fish at all, which was during the winter, he would make me open my closet door because my closet doesn't have uh, the insulation that my room has, like uh, in-between wall insulation. Mm -hmm. So there's moisture during the winter. And so he makes me open the door. But when you open the door, it's really cold, which isn't really that big of a problem for me because I can wear a sweater. But the thing is, that affected the fish, and I could tell that it affected a fish because a beta fish is a tropical fish. Mm -hmm. And I told him that many times, and he wouldn't listen, and then one day the fish died. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I started crying because it was a, you know, it was a moment of frustration. Yeah. And, uh... I apologize. This isn't a very this isn't a very good story. It doesn't have a very good ending or a happy ending. But basically, he would just like okay, and then he like before I even had a chance to say goodbye. Sorry, I'm making I I know I'm making this sound a little dark, but he he basically like threw he basically threw it away. I feel that. And didn't didn't apologize, which I mean. Honestly, if you don't want to apologize, you don't have to, because I'd rather he not apologize than give me a fourth apology that I don't even mean. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I uh, also had a crying over a pet moment. Uh, I don't have a pet anymore. I, the last time I had a fish was maybe two years ago. Yeah, it was it was two years ago. I just, I just, I decided not to raise them anymore. Mm. We still have fish, though. My dad... Uh, has taken to acquiring his own fish because then he has full control. Fish acquired. Sorry. <laughs> he has acquired. Yeah. He, he acquired a fish company for $5 million. No, I'm yes. I wouldn't be here if it was like that. That's funny that... Okay, first of all, I didn't know that your closet also didn't have insulation because mine is the same thing. Can we not have so many obscure things? I know, please? but also, even weirder, I used to have a beta fish, and also the same thing happened where some kid came over, like a family friend, and he dumped all of the food into the tank, right? Oh my god. And then, so then, when they left, I was like, Dad, you need to change the water because... He's gonna die. And he goes, no, he's not. And he just left it. Because I was too young to, like, be able to change the water out of a fish tank without, you know, flushing the fish down the sink, you know? And um, mm -hmm. so my dad just was like, no, I'm not changing the water. And I was like, okay, but this fish is gonna die. And so then in a week, the fish was just at the bottom of the tank not moving. And I was like, um, I think it's dead. And he goes, no, it's not. And he's like, he's just sleeping. And I'm like, when they use that argument because feet. they're not, the fish isn't floating on the top. Yeah, exactly. But then like when we went to poke it from the bottom, it floated to the top. So, yeah. The, 
the way that we have all these obscure things in common. I mean, I know it's part it. of why we're friends, but <laughs> can we not? I know. This is slightly unrelated, but fish, like dead fish, look very scary. Yeah. Not necessarily in the horrifying way, but it's just because they're upside down and it's like straight upside down. Yeah. And also, like, sometimes their color, like, is dull. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. I, we, we apologize for the... I don't know if this is considered graphic imagery, but we apologize for the imagery. Yeah. Do you have a uh, first-time parents being proud moment type story? Honestly, I don't really. <laughs> Which is fine, because... I have grown to not care as much about my parents being proud, which is something I brought up in our Asian American, Asian Immigrant Dream episode. Uh, Note the plug, you know, episode 18. Stream it if you want to. (laughs) And so I guess I can share something about that because it's not necessarily that my parents never said that they were proud of me, but the only time that they said something along those lines was when they were trying to, you know, convince outside people that they, (laughs) sounds weird to say, but that they're, like, nice to me, if you know what I mean. You know how some parents, they will... Well, I mean, there's a lot of Asian parents that do this and parents that do this in general, where uh, when they're hanging out with their friends or when they're just out with you and they talk about parenting and stuff like that, they try to make themselves seem like a better parent than they... Not not to police the way that people parent their children, and also I'm not a professional on this, but... When, par- when parents do that thing where they try to make themselves seem like they're kinder to their kids than they are. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I, re- I don't really have a moment where my parents would say, you know, I'm really proud of you. Or, you know what, I don't say this often, blah, blah, blah. And I'm fine. I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely fine with that. I, I know that a lot of first generation or immigrant children deal with this because you know it, it goes without saying it's nice to be complimented especially you know by your parents because well you know it's different from from people to people but it's like with celebrity you know they have a lot of fans and they're they're grateful well, some of them aren't but that's not the point of this but uh, it's when those certain people say that they're proud or they like something that they do that it really means something to them. And I thought, <laughs> never mind. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say anything. And I I guess I kind of eliminated that block. It. I can't say that I really read a book or like <laughs> a self-help book recommendations now it was it was just I would say a slow burn of probably resentment and then 
maybe not acceptance, but just uh, being self-aware about the resentment and then letting it go. That, that's the only way I can put it. I didn't really go on a big self-help journey. I didn't travel to another country to find myself, which <laughs> not the trash people that do that. I just don't have the luxury of doing that. Period. And even though I said that I never read a book or anything like that to help me realize this, I do have two media recommendations for people that are still stuck in this that I discovered recently because I, I like the way that they worded they worded it and told their story. I have, uh, there's a YouTuber that I mentioned in our Asians in Media or lack thereof, I'm pretty sure I mentioned them, a YouTuber called Jay Lu. They are a Hong Kong based YouTuber. She is Asian. And she's done two TED Talks, which, congratulations to her, that's very cool. And one of the TED Talks that she did was, I would say, based off of a old video, because I remember her mentioning this in a YouTube video before, about not caring about parents being proud of her anymore. Hang on, let me get the title word for word. It was... My parents don't say they're proud of me, and that's okay. And it's a 12-minute-ish 12, 12 TED Talk. It's really good, for lack of better words. And I think what she has to say is really relatable to a lot of people. And I don't know. I feel like it's one thing for you to realize something yourself or for you to have a experience that, you know, might be like heavier on the psyche or something and then have someone else share a very similar experience because it can, it can be hard to validate your own struggles or trauma. And it's nice. It's nice to have someone to relate to on that. So I will link that in our description my second media recommendation uh you're probably already familiar with it when i say it because we mentioned this in the asian comedian episode but jimmy o yang has a book called how to american immigrants guide to disappointing your parents (laughs) which you know that's very fitting to what we were just saying Mm -hmm. and he has a quote in that book that i just think is so powerful and even though it seems like a really simple statement it's sometimes it's the simple things that you know go forgotten or unnoticed and the quote was it's better to disappoint your parents for a couple of years than to disappoint yourself for the rest of your life period and that that's everything it's true because even Personally, moments where I did something that my parents were maybe quote-unquote proud or satisfied with, they still weren't really that satisfied because, you know, for example, hey, maybe I got second place instead of first place or something along those lines. You know, if someone won a regional competition without a national competition, you know. And at the end of the day, no, you're ne- never really going to be 
100% satisfied or 100% proud of yourself because there's that block of, you know, there's always something bigger or something better. And, you know, it's, it's, up, it's up to us to realize, introspect that and, you know, cope with it in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Wise words. <laughs> God, Thank dang. you. I try. <laughs> well, I guess the last first time of this episode. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a quote that I read somewhere where it was something. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Something along the lines of that? Or when, when, when was the first time you did something for the last time? Some. It was something wordplay-y like that. Yeah. Well, insert that. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to talk about the first time that we met. Slash Mm. the first impressions that we had. (laughs) Well, not really, because I don't really have a... I wasn't like, oh my god, who is this girl? You know? (laughs) Nothing like that. Or for me, at least. I don't know what you were going to say. (laughs) Walk into the classroom. Did a backflip? Who is that? Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Or well, maybe I should go first because you were just talking. Sure. Go I'll ahead. give you a break. <laughs> <laughs> Take a breather. Yeah. Um. So the first time we met was in English class in grade nine. Um. So what I remember? Oh shoot! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, I just remembered. Okay, so we had class, and either, I'm pretty sure it was after class, or maybe before class, um, Tiffany came up to me. But before that, let me just say, so in grade nine, I was, like, desperate to, like, make at least one friend, because, you know, grade nine, you're new to the school, you don't know anyone, you know? So I wore my... (laughs) I wore my NCT hoodie <laughs> because back then I was like obsessed with K-pop. Um, but yeah, so I wore my NCT hoodie and like in that class, the teacher asked us like, um, what did you do in the summer? And so then one of our one of our friends, our now friends, back then we weren't friends yet, but one of our friends said, um, she went to a like a k-pop concert or something like that and i was like oh my god i i was gonna like not say anything like that but for the sake of having mutual interest and making friends i'm gonna say that i also went to a k-pop concert this isn't tiffany by the way but then after class (laughs) i was walking away and i think i think tiffany like you approached me and you're like nct like question mark and that was like our first interaction. <laughs> that was it, right? I feel like it was before class because it I ended up sitting with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before class on the way to class. Oh, yeah, because it was like the hallways are empty. Mm-hmm. And that was our first class that day. And yeah. we ended up sitting beside each other because we were like, hey. Hey, look, look at that. NCT. <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, you, uh, that now friend, and I, we exchanged the, like, social media handles. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, we were just the two Asian girls that sat next to each other in English class. Because our <laughs> yeah. other friends didn't sit, wait. Not all of the Asian girls sat together. No, not, not all, of them, all of them sat together. It was us two that, like, consistently sat together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, did we ever switch, had a, a seating switch? No, right? I don't think so. No. Yeah, our, our teacher didn't didn't care about that. But yeah, like, I didn't have an impression of you. I was just like, hey, another, okay, I just remember, like, seeing Asian people and being like, okay, I need to make friends with them because everyone in the school is white. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared of white people. Well, can I'm not. I, but, can I know. read out? Can I read out your quote from our first episode about? Sure. <laughs> oh, look at that! Isn't kind of cute because we're not on our hundredth episode, but you know, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> twenty twenty episodes later. <laughs> okay, so it's from episode one, the friendship dynamic, Asian versus non-Asian. And it was, the first thing I noticed about people in our class was, oh my god, that's an Asian girl. I can talk to her, because in this environment, that's the closest thing I have to comfort. Literally. Gosh. I just realized that we plugged maybe three, four episodes in this episode. (laughs) Feel free to stream those if you want to. You know? Maybe not the first one, though, because the first one's so awkward. <laughs> We've come a long way. Mm-hmm. Luckily. <laughs> well, it would be awful if we went the other way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that was like our first meeting, right? Mm-hmm. What was your impression of me besides, oh, this random girl likes NCT? <laughs> the thing is, my experience was pretty similar to yours. I didn't have, like, that much of an impression being like, oh, this person, you know how some friends, they say that when they first met, they thought they were really annoying or they didn't like them? Oh, my God, yeah. And then over time, they like they uh, liked each other, ended up being friends. I didn't really have that with you. It was basically, oh, wow. There's an Asian girl? Because growing up, I was always the only Asian girl or the only Chinese girl. Okay, wait, I messed up. I meant to say the only Asian person or the only Chinese girl. Because growing up, uh, if I had Asian classmates, it was uh, like one or two Chinese guys. And uh, I think I also, I also uh, had an Indian female classmate. But growing up, there weren't really any Asian girls in general. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to our school and I saw one or two Asian girls, I was so surprised. It was <laughs> I forgot I forgot other Asian people existed. Oh my god. They exist. <laughs> and the NCT sweater was, I would say, I I don't know if I'd call it a bonus, but it was just, like, an added interest because I yeah. I also knew of them and listened to them. I wouldn't say I was a, uh, like, a NCT stan, mm. but I liked them, 
And so I was like, and also, I wasn't really sure if your sweater was an NTT sweater or not, because I don't really own K-pop merch or merch in general. Mm. Because, you know, merch is expensive. (laughs) And so when I saw your sweater, I was one curious because I wasn't sure if it was that or not. And two, I was like, hey, that, that's something. <laughs> and that was that. Yeah. And now we're here. And now we're here. Aw, that was kind of cute. <laughs> I'm going to go cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've come, uh, we've, we've come far, I guess. Yeah. We have. Mm-hmm. With, <laughs> with our friendship and the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> now I'm sad. Why am I sad? Yeah. With the first episode, we had we had good things to share. We were we were definitely nervous. I think a lot of people's first videos, first podcast, first anything was never really be considered like their best yeah because even if you it was quote-unquote your best you were still a beginner you know yeah testing the wall <laughs> unless you're one of those people that pretend that something you did something for the first time yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like if one day you posted a video of a dance you did, and you said, oh, this is the first time I've ever danced. I learned this <laughs> in five seconds. I should Don't. do that. <laughs> Some people do that. And you know what? If that makes them happy, I don't know. <laughs> but you do you, I guess. Yeah. Well... I like I like how this episode kind of came full circle. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this little. I don't know. I, I guess it was like a we remin. I don't know if I would call it a reminiscence because some of those memories were not that great. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, we went we went from the past and then came back to the present. Talked about. Racism growing up, experiences with our in our childhood, and then we got to us meeting each other. Kind of wholesome. <laughs> kind of. This is the most wholesome we've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least on recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for that text conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're not even gonna get there. <laughs> that, that can be a, a bonus episode if we ever. Get to the stage of making a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, leave a comment about your first time with racism. Parents saying they're proud of you. Maybe you accepting that parents being proud of you isn't something that you have to have. For lack of better words, uh, you could talk. You could talk about the first time you met a person that was from the same culture as you because you know maybe you grew up in a all insert race that isn't yours neighborhood and you felt uh, I, I guess an outsider <laughs> not to be cheesy but 